And this is Christian Brothers Speak Podcast, where we interview the innovative, the daring, and the bold in regards to black LGBT and also providing informative information. Uh, now, I came across this particular person, actually, when it came to Twitter. And this, uh, this person actually had a book that actually came out some years ago to discuss his career. And I wanted to make sure, I always wanted to kind of go into the careers of someone within sports. And I and actually didn't come up until recently. And I said, you know, who would be a good person to interview as my first sports athlete who was in the, the field, but also came true within his own and during the process. And I came across an athlete called Jeff Comings who actually wrote a book called Odd Man Out, True Stories of a Gay Black Swimmer. And he's, his career was something of, of pretty much extraordinary to me. And I said, wait a minute, let me see, can I interview this person? So uh, just to give a quick little introduction, he actually got into the field of swimming uh, at the age of four in the boys club. And actually, later on, two years later, got his first trophy at six and went on to become uh, the top 16 and 50 meter breast. 1981, 1991 became his breakout year and became the third 100 meter national championships bronze holder in the Pan American team in Cuba. And later on, became got a full ride scholarship in University of Texas Austin, uh, which also he got his third he got third place in the 100 breast sophomore year and wound up ending his career, collegiate career as an eight time All American U.S. national team member and also four time conference champion in the Southwest Conference. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on here. And also, during that time, he received his degree in journalism. Uh, later on, he actually went, went on to get two Olympic trials in 1992 and also 1996, and later on retired in 1998. But that didn't really last so long because he also went into the Masters and also accomplished some great things there, one of being the world record accomplished holder during that particular time. Did I say everything? <laughs> did, I say, did I say a good amount of, about what all the things you accomplished here? Uh, you've you've compassed a lot of them. There are a few more things you missed, but we can cover some of those a little uh, bit later. All right, good, good. <laughs> and so that person is Mr. Jeff Comings. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on your program. Thank you, thank you. You know, I, I when I came across, you know, some of the things I said, wow, number one, uh, to actually meet, which we actually, of course, we have actually seen in the past, but I haven't really met many black swimmers. And that was one of the things that also kind of fascinated me uh, about your story and also your history. And I said, you know, that would want to be a great story to start with. But I wanted to kind of find out first, what was your fascination about swimming? Well, as, as you said, when I was four years old, I started swimming. I was pretty much uh, thrown in the pool to do swim lessons because at that age, there was no other sport for me to do. Uh, my older brother, who was uh, 10 years older than me was already playing ball and football and all those things that you do, but I didn't have a sport for So my mother said, take swim lessons. And then, uh, I just floundered for a little bit. Didn't like it at first, but I really took to it after a while. And I found very quickly, it was the only sport I wanted to do when it was time to even think about trying other sports. I, I said, no, I just want to be a swimmer. I could not, you, you couldn't get me out of the pool. Uh, especially when I was um, 11, 12, 13 years, it was, it was impossible. I always wanted to go to the pool. If I had some time off, if I was, you know, early for swim practice, I would hang around the pool. I wouldn't be anywhere else. And uh, it, it's true to this day. I just can't get enough of swimming. You know, now during this particular time, uh, and this is where exactly, where, where exactly were you residing at that time? I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, which has, um, a lot of competitive swim teams, but uh, the swim team I actually started with five or six years old uh, was at the Herbert Hoover Boys Club. It was an all-black swim team, and at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think, wow, this is weird. Of course, when you're six, you're, you're not really thinking about that kind of thing, but uh, as, we, as I grew up and started to go to more swim meets and, and see that there were different types of people with different skin colors, I still didn't think it was weird. I just thought, hey, we're just this swim team that happens to have people who look like me. And I never thought that it was a weird thing that to be a black swimmer until um, many years later when I started to travel outside of St. Louis for swimming. But even then, I never thought, you know, 
I'm in the wrong sport. I better get out of the sport or um, this is really kind of weird that I'm a black swimmer. You know, and that's kind of funny because, you know, I guess you're right. You know, for someone, if, you know, around that particular time is seemed to be normal, a lot of areas just don't seem to be pushing swimming as as much. And I'm pretty sure people said the same thing about golf, you know, but, you know, but swimming was one of those things that even I growing up, I no one ever really said, you know, go swimming. <laughs> it was just, it was just nothing because it's not like there's a lot of pools around the areas uh, for a lot of kids to be growing up and swimming around. Then again, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that. Uh, but definitely, yeah, I could definitely see how that for a lot of people that can definitely be a little bit something I would consider to be out of well, place. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right that for for many uh, black people, there is not a lot of pool access. Um, and I'm not even talking just inner city um, communities. I'm talking about anywhere. And when you look at pool space, there's usually uh, the country clubs, which are very exclusive. At least you have to be a member in order to swim in their pools. And then there are the public pools, which are usually pretty good, but they're only open certain times of the year. And um, and even if you're in a place where maybe down the street there's an indoor pool, um, sometimes it's not the best. Sometimes you look at a pool and you're like, well, what's the fun of that? And, of course, there is the thing among black people about swimming, especially among women, I don't want to get my hair wet. You know, they go, they go to salons and they get all these, these weaves and they get all these treatments out of their hair and they're told, don't get your hair wet. And so they think, well, I'm not going to go to a swimming pool. And so what's the point of that? And then among men, I, you know, I, I can't speak for all of them, but just growing up knowing that, you know, I was surrounded by talk of football and baseball and basketball. And these are the big money sports. And when you're watching all this on TV and you hear about people like Michael Jordan and even later in my, my life, Tiger Woods making millions of dollars. You're like, you don't hear swimmers making millions of dollars, even though it is possible. But you, you think, well, I'm going to play football. I'm going to be a professional football player because I know you can make millions of dollars. Football is pretty easy to do. All I have to do is run and catch a ball. And, uh, you know, swimming is actually kind of still the same way. You, you work hard for a goal, you achieve that goal, and you're properly rewarded. Even the best swimmers, um, like Michael Phelps um, excluded, are, are not paid as well as professional athletes in other sports. But it's it's changing. We've had our first female African-American gold medalist um, in swimming in 2016, and I think that's really helped. And USA Swimming is really pushing to get more minorities in swimming, and they've been doing so for the past eight, eight nine years. So it, it's changing, but it's still very difficult to change that perception of what swimming is because beyond the fact that you can get in and cool off on a hot summer day, most people don't hear about the fact that, yeah, you can, you can be part of an organized swim team um, and excel and do a lot of great things. And I wasn't told that when I was younger. I just, you know, I just knew that swimming was for me, but you know, and I was told about all these extraordinary things you could do and places you can go when you're older. But, um, you know, it's very hard to go into any black family's house and they're watching, they're, they're talking about um, LeBron James and how much money he makes. You know, even on a day off from playing basketball, he makes millions. And, and that's hard to, 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 um, to counter when you hear, oh, a swimmer in a year makes enough to make the rent and probably could do nice things in life, but you know, you can't buy a mansion. Right. And so it's really hard to counter that perception. But, you know, I, like I said, I, I know there are a lot of people who could do very well, who are football players who could do very well. And they could have a very good career as a young person in swimming while they play football. And, um, but I just don't know why that conversation doesn't, isn't as strong as it, as it could be. You know, um, you know, when I look at your career, and of course, you know, one thing you got to always have is passion, no matter what. You know, you got to have passion, whether it's football, baseball, or, or track, or passion always seems to be the thing. And even for you, when you're, you know, going into the ages of six, and then later on, you know, doing things, uh, being one of the top, considered to be one of the top 16 uh, in, the, in the 50 meter uh, breast here. And to go on and, and, first off, to receive that encouragement, 
How was that for you and your family? I mean, because a lot of a lot of, again, a lot of kids these days is not always the 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 best thing. I mean, sometimes be, then again, I don't necessarily know the cost to even be a part of uh, some events like this within within swimming. I know tennis is one of those expensive sports. Uh, golf is one of those expensive sports. When it came down to you know keep you know keeping you as a kid within swimming, how was it within your family? How was how well was that received and supported throughout? Single mothers just in general have to be single parents, whether single mothers or single fathers, have to make a lot of sacrifices. All you really have to buy is a, a little bit of gear and then the membership to be on your swim team. But other than that, it's not very expensive. Good. And, um, you know, from, from very early on, you know, as I said, I, I chose swimming. My mother didn't push me into it when I was 12. She said, you must keep swimming. I mean, she gave me options. And I said, I want to keep swimming. And as I got better and better in the sport, she continued to encourage me. She, you know, did not blink when it cost almost $1,000 to travel to another state to, for me to be able to swim against some of the best swimmers in the country. Wow. Um, she just said, okay, we'll make it happen. Wow. And that was, you know, the rest of my family, extremely supportive. Nobody ever said, you know, don't you want to be a millionaire and play football? You could be a professional football player. I mean, everybody knew how passionate I was about swimming and they just kept supporting me. And, you know, if my mother couldn't take me to swim practice, my brother did. Uh, my grandmother lived down this, my grandparents lived down the street from one of the places where I swam. So after school, I would stay with them and then I'd ride the bus to swim practice and then my mother would pick me up. So there were always ways that um, people in my family supported me um, growing up and they never um, discouraged it, especially when I got to the point where I was, you know, one of the best swimmers in the country. I mean, that was, you know, it was something that I never thought was possible. I would always look in the present moment and say, all I want to do is just swim as fast as I can. And, you know, then the result will take care of itself. And in many ways, I, you know, I was in that, in many ways in that case, I was blind to the fact even that, you know, as I was progressing, that there were very few black people who could, who was ranking, who were ranking as high as me in swimming. And I just wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, in some ways, maybe that wasn't a good thing because I could have been a, a big voice for, getting more minorities in swimming once I started to realize this. But um, I had so much encouragement. Nobody, I, I mean, even from other people in the sport, nobody ever looked at me and said, you're in the wrong sport or said, you know, why don't you go play football or, you know, run track? You know, I, I always had support. I never heard anything negative about my involvement in the sport. Um, and, and in fact, I think because I was one of the few black people to rank so high nationally and even after a while internationally, I think that the encouragement even grew from that. You know, I do love the fact that really the support was just consistent. Now, I do want to ask you during your career and, you know, I'm pretty sure around this time that you were uh, going on these, uh, these, uh, these great competitions and things of nature. I'm sure along the way, did it feel as though you were the only black person on the team at times? And with that, because I know you started off in the urban, in the urban league, in the urban areas, and everyone was there was black. But as time went on, and you got further along, and you began to climb that ladder of success, did it wind up feeling alone in the process of during this, or this? It just basically felt exactly where you're supposed to be because of your support from your family. Yeah, I felt where I was supposed to be just because based on my based on my times, this is where I deserve to be. And I didn't feel like, you know, I should be swimming with, the, you know, this was there should be a segregated meet for just for us black swimmers. And, you know, what the word really started to stand out for me was at my second national championships, um, which was in Austin, Texas. And I was 16 years old. And I was walking on deck and just kind of just not just kind of minding my own business. And coming toward me was another black swimmer who I had heard of but had never met. And I was shocked, I guess. Like, oh my gosh, there's somebody here who looks like me. And and I met him and we, you know, we didn't talk about, oh my gosh, us brothers gotta stick together. <laughs> uh, but we, we just kinda I guess there was just this um, informal acknowledgement. Gotcha. That, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, we're one of the few and we've got to really represent. And I think we did. 
But um, I made my first national junior team when I was 15. And the junior, the national junior team is made of um, swimmers under the age of 18. And um, there were two other black swimmers on the team, two females. They were black. And so I didn't feel out of place then. And again, we didn't have this little chat amongst ourselves and say, you know, I know we feel a little out of place. Let's really um, show we belong here. I guess right. it was just that implied acknowledgement. Gotcha. And we just kind of moved on from that. So I never, ever felt out of place. Even when I was uh, on the Pan American team in 1991, I was the only black swimmer on the team. But I didn't feel different. Nobody treated me any different. Um, I knew it was a big accomplishment. I knew it was, I, I, I believe um, it was the the highest that a, um, a black swimmer, African-American swimmer had gotten in the swimming ranks in the United States. Wow. But I didn't think of that at the time. You know, in retrospect, I kind of started to deduce that. But I was just, wanted to be the best swimmer I could be that day. I wanted to go out there and win a medal, and I did. And, um, you know, I got a few questions after that. It was like, you know, how does it feel to be um, representing the few black swimmers that there are in the United States? And, you know, I, I felt a sense of pride by it, but it doesn't, it, it didn't, and it still doesn't, um, regulate my life. It doesn't fuel me every day to say, I've got to go out there and represent black swimmers. I've just got to be the best swimmer I could be and everything else takes care of itself. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so you were, so it was people who was actually giving you more of the acknowledgement. Was it more from the press that you were receiving more from the, the coaches of the team? What, you know, was, or just basically random interviews that actually to where you were actually acknowledging the fact that, you know, yeah, I guess I am the highest black person uh, receiving this uh, this uh, accomplishment. But you know, where did the source really come from at the time? Well, it was it was really all the press. And as a member of the press now, it, it doesn't surprise me because you always you're always looking for that angle. And the first time I felt that, and I mentioned this in, in my book, was at the Olympic Festival, which is an event that doesn't take place anymore. But it was kind of an event where, um, at least at the swimming portion of it. Um, it was a chance for young swimmers to really kind of feel what the Olympic experience can be like. Yeah. You know, we had award ceremonies and everything like that. It was kind of a cool deal. And this was in 1990 in Minneapolis, and I had won the 100 breaststroke. And you were in this room. It's the media room, and you're sitting in, in this room at this table by yourself, and there are about a dozen journalists in the room asking questions, and Literally, the first question was, so how does it feel to be the first black swimmer to win a gold medal at the Olympic Festival? And I was taken aback by it because I didn't know that was true. Because nobody came up to me and said, if you win this race, you'll be the first black swimmer to win an Olympic gold medal or gold medal at the Olympic Festival. And so it it took me aback. But, you know, I was pretty quick about my answer. I said, you know, it's a great feeling, but, um, you know, I I hope it, it, it continues to make a path for future black swimmers to to continue to excel at this level and beyond. Um, and it kind of escalated from that. Um, the, and the event was being televised by ESPN, and and they um, had, had me sit down in front of the camera the next day and, and talk about my experience of being a black swimmer. Oh, wow. And um, it, was, it was kind of cool to be able to tell people nationwide what it's like. And I basically told them, I don't think of myself as a black swimmer. Just, I'm just a swimmer. I mean, nobody, nobody, Michael Phelps doesn't think of himself as a white swimmer. He thinks of himself as a swimmer. You know, you don't think about your race and, and, and letting that um, affect how you swim. Maybe you could think about, you know, yeah, in a way this could, I could help further the cause of other black swimmers. But if you think about that during the competition, it's going to detract from the goal, which is, you know, to win, to win. And, um, you know, inside the swimming community, nobody ever said, you know, we're so proud of you for being the first black swimmer to win a gold medal at the Olympic Festival, or we're so proud of you for being the only black swimmer to make the Pan American Games team, or uh, we're so proud of you for being the first black swimmer to win an international individual gold medal. You know, nobody said that. And again, it was an unspoken thing. And, uh, you know, the fact that nobody, nobody tried to kick me out of the sport I think was encouragement enough for me. And, um, you know, it just, it, it didn't, it, the fact that the press was interested made me happy, but it didn't, 
it didn't throw me off my game. I mean, it was it was good that there was this angle and I could kind of be the voice for um, minority swimmers. Um, and I, I still take a sense of pride in, in, in the the legacy that I've left in swimming and that I continue to leave in swimming. Um, but there's never a sense that you have to represent your race every single day because that could be debilitating. It could be very tiring. And again, it could detract from the main goal. You know, I mean, when I look at, you know, other sports like, you know, Serena, the Williams sisters, you know, for instance, I don't, I'm not sure exactly have they ever received that same, uh, that same way of actually the, the acknowledgement of the whole factor, because the whole thing is to win, you know, you really want to win. But it, yes. I would kind of think it's kind of, kind of, kind of a notch, a little, a little gold medal in your head, <laughs> just to say, you know, yeah. you know, exactly. oh, you know, I, I, I got this, <laughs> you know, that, exactly, exactly. So, so you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but especially in a in a in a dominated sport, uh, which allow a lot more minorities are now coming into uh, tennis, and you know, more minorities are somewhat coming into golf a little bit, or at least trying it out. Uh, but definitely, I can see where it's still kind of a little mental note, like, okay, I can, I, I can, I got this, I got this. But now to, to throw the little monkey wrench in there, when was the feeling that you had to say, well, wait a minute, you know, my feelings of being a male uh, swimmer in this field, and you know, not and to kind of feel somewhat out of place at times because you probably didn't know that you were part of the LGBT. I'm pretty sure LGBT was not even an abbreviation at that time. But to say the word gay, when did that ever come into play during your 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 collegiate career, your professional career? When did that ever come up? Well, I knew that I was gay from when I was about 10, 11 years old. I mean, I, maybe I, I didn't fully know what it meant, but I knew that when I looked at another male person um that i that i the feelings i that i had weren't what most people have when they look at other male when other males look at other males um and i started to think about it and understand it and i was fine with it when i was you know 10 11 12 years old i was fine with it with myself but i knew looking outwardly that i couldn't just say hey everybody i'm gay i like this boy in my class Right. Um, I could. I knew I couldn't do that, and um, I knew exactly why. I mean, I watched television, I watched the news, and I watched. Um, you know, at the time, the AIDS per, um, epidemic was pretty strong, and so I knew that there was this stigma among the LGBT community. But um, there was still something in me that said I should be happy about who I am. I know who I am, and I'm I'm proud of who I am. But. Um, you add that into the fact that in the black community, being gay is not something that's celebrated very well. And I knew even in my family, as much as they supported my swimming, would not support me coming out as gay. And so I, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I didn't tell us. I told maybe two people in my life from the time I really knew what I was until 21 years old. And um, if you know, it didn't affect my swimming as much until I got to college when I was an adult and I, you know, was fully aware of my sexuality and wanted to explore that. And I actually did so um, my freshman year of college and, and really started to understand what being a gay person was, not just sexually, but socially, and, and was really comfortable being a part of that community. But at the same time, I was part of this swim team that's like a family because we spend, we spend so much time together. That we're swimming together four hours a day. We do another hour of weights. We have meetings. We do. We travel together, and you know we all know we knew each other so well. And you know we I'd sit in in our locker room and we'd have this team meeting where uh, we had always had the opportunity to speak freely about anything. And I always said, okay, this is going to be my opportunity to stand in front of my my friends and my quote unquote brothers and say, look, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it, and, and perhaps I'll leave. But I don't want – I didn't want to, to have that um, weight on my shoulders because as I got older, um, it really started to get heavier and heavier, that weight did, to the point where my swimming did get affected because I was really nervous about, um, you know, was anybody going to find out? 
or I really have to tell somebody, and why am I not telling anybody? And the fact that I wasn't telling anybody weighed on me, and I said, why am I being such a coward? I know who I am. I'm happy with who I am, but I just can't tell my closest friends. I can't tell my family for fear of just that one person who would reject me. Whether it's my friends or my family, I didn't want that rejection. I was afraid of that rejection, of what that would mean. Even though I knew that there would be people in that room who would say, oh, Jeff, we don't care, or Jeff, we you, and, you know, treat me no differently. And so it did, it did affect me a lot. And I didn't have the, the, the best end to my college career that I had wanted um, just because of that. And um, I, I look back and, and, and having talked to a lot of my college teammates later, um, a lot of them knew I was gay. You know, I would, I would kind of sneak out of this house I was living in with some other guys on my team and go out to a gay bar. And it's like I didn't tell them, but they kind of deduced I was going somewhere that I wasn't proud to tell them. And, you know, you kind of put the pieces together. Okay, he's going somewhere he doesn't want us to know, and it's probably to a gay bar. And he's, you know, and I, you know, would sometimes not come home that night or come home very late and, and, you know, try to sneak back into my room without anybody knowing. And, you know, nobody asked questions, but um, I kind of wish somebody did <laughs> because it would have been my, it would have been my, it would have been a gateway for me to say, okay, yeah, here, here it is. I'm gay. Um, but just to volunteer that information was very, very tough for me to, to deal with for that fear of just that one rejection. You know, I was on a team of 30 guys, and just to have one guy say, okay, I don't like this, you know, you know you'll burn in hell. You know, that's, that's, that's scary. Even if the other 29 stood up and said, Jeff, we're behind you, we support you, we love you no matter what, let's get out there and swim. Um, I would have been thinking about that one guy and what could I do to repair this, this relationship. Um, so in the end, it, it, it just really did um, cripple me. To the, to the point where I did not swim as well as I wanted to my junior and senior years. Um, I swam well, um, but I didn't, you know, I knew I could have swum better. And um, to this day, I always look back and not in regret, but just thinking, would that have helped? If I had come out to my teammates, would that have made me a better swimmer? Would that have been more relaxed, more free? And it's not that I would have, you know, been talking about my sex life every day in swim right. practice, but, right. you know, I could have just been able to, say, hey, guys, these are my non-swimming friends. Invite some gay friends to my house. Gotcha. Or just say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going out to a gay bar. I'll be back around one and see you later. And not feel like I'm sneaking out and, and not being truthful to the people who are closest to me at the time. And it was the same with my family. I go home every Christmas. And, you know, I knew that my mother would be very much against it, me coming out. And I knew that the rest of my family would be pretty much okay with it. And my brother, I knew would be totally fine. He would support me no matter what. But again, it's that one person. And that one person in my family would be my mother, who is probably the most important figure to me in my family, especially because she was my only parent growing up. And so to lose that um, relationship was very scary for me. And I wasn't ready to lose it, even though I was an independent person. I was living in Texas and she was in St. Louis and, you know, but I didn't want to lose that connection we had because we were very, very close. Um, And the fact that I didn't come out to her until I was 25, um, you know, it really hurt me because I felt like I was lying to her. I mean, she'd ask, she'd ask these ambiguous questions that would kind of lead lead to, you know, how's your personal life going? And I would avoid the questions or, or just dodge, dodge some of them. And I felt bad doing it. And um, I think it affected my swimming career. I didn't make any Olympic teams. Um, I could have. I think I could have made maybe not the 1992 team, but the 1996 team. But I I just had gotten so tired with not the deception, but just skirting around my life and not being able to blend all all aspects of my life together that I think I just lost interest. Gotcha. in the sport and I was and I was lucky that I was so talented to, to be, at least be able to qualify for the Olympic trials in 92 and 96 yes. but the fact that I you know was nowhere near I, I didn't perform anywhere near the level that I could have gotcha. um, I knew it wasn't just because of my physical uh, preparation I think mentally I just I just didn't have it gotcha. and um, again I don't look back and regret on it because I've done some great things in my life 
uh, before and since. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to come out and still be a, a great swimmer and, and not have that cloud my mind. Um, but it, it just, I, I think about that now because I know there are so many swimmers out there who are afraid to come out, even in this day and age where so many gay athletes are coming out and being proud about it. Gotcha. Um, I know there are some who are, are looking around them and saying, my best friend may not like this, and I don't want to lose my best friend if I come out as gay. And so I'll just stay silent. Um, and and, it, and it, it's, it's very telling that swimming is one of the last Olympic sports in the United States that does not have an openly gay member of the Olympic team. We still haven't had that. And, you know, yeah, we've never had an openly gay swimmer. Now, there have been closeted gay swimmers. They have come out later. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, they there's not been a, a swimmer on the Olympic team who has gone to the Olympic team and been openly gay or, you know, made the Olympic team and then before the Olympics or even during the Olympics saying, yeah, I'm gay and, you know, my, my partner's up in the stands cheering for me. Um, and that's something that we've really fought hard to to have um, change before the 2020 Olympics. I've talked to a number of, um, of people and, and they've said that, you know, it's possible that this could happen, but among the openly gay swimmers that we have right now, none of them are at that Olympic um, team level, but we know, I, you know, it's just a, it's just a, you know, you look at the statistics of all the millions of swimmers out there and you look at the fact that there are about a hundred swimmers on the national team, but there has to be some, some gay swimmers on it and they just need the courage and the support to say, okay, I could come out and still be a great swimmer. No one will reject me. It won't affect my, my performance. I think it'll actually help their performance, you know, it's kind but of you know, I can't go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, I, I can look back on my life and say, yeah, I know that probably there'll be people out there who support me, but I don't want to upset the dynamic. If there's one person you know, who may be, you know, my teammate in the same event I'm swimming or in my relay, who's going to say, you know, I don't want to swim on that relay with, with the gay guy because it go get, goes against my religion. You know, somebody may say that. And, you know, I, I understand that fear, whatever, whatever it may be, rational or irrational. But um, it would be a great day to be able to celebrate the first openly gay American swimmer on, on the team, whether it be black or white, because it's it's it, it needs to happen because it'll it'll allow the sport to um, get over that last barrier that it's been um, it hasn't gotten over yet. You know, I what, what the question that comes to my head is actually several from the statement you just said. So first, let's go a little bit earlier here. So when you're looking at the difference between your performance of not necessarily being somewhat submerged in the in the gay lifestyle or to uh, to be a part of the gay community and to be able to see the people, the same people as you, and comparison to the previous, prior to being in college, to receiving your full ride and everything, uh, and looking at your performance, was it because you had more of an opportunity to witness people like yourself at that time uh, versus not? Because, the, you know, you just kept on doing uh, exactly what it was you were doing. You went on got the bronze and the Pan American in Cuba. You went on and got the third place in meter national championships, et cetera, prior to, and you're still doing all these things before you got to college. Was that because of your exposure of not necessarily having it in comparison? Yes, in a way. I think when I was in high school, I just was happy with the fact that I knew I was gay and I didn't feel like that I needed to explore that or even wanted to explore it any further. I mean, I was actually kind of seeing somebody at the time and it was very secretive. Um, but I didn't feel that I needed to explore beyond that. And I didn't, I think personally in my own life, I didn't feel the weight of, you know, this, even the fact that to tell my mother, um, because I didn't feel it was necessary at the time. And it was when I got to college, yes, when I was able to, you know, in high school, I couldn't go out, you know, I didn't, I had a driver's license, but I didn't have a car for my own. I couldn't just, you know, of course I was 17 years old. I couldn't get into a gay bar, but right. you know, when I was, when I was older and able to actually experience and find, seek these things out on my own and have the, the ability to do so on my own, 
it started to open up this whole other world because I guess when I thought about being gay, I, it was just the sexual part of it and not the social part of that. This is a community of people who, you know, come together, not just for sex, but just because you have this common trait and you celebrate it in, in a special way um, in, within your own community. And I found a lot of friends very quickly from that when I got to college. And I really, I really liked it. And I knew that this was a part of my life that I wanted to not, I wanted to share with other people. I wanted them to know that this was a part of my life and that I'm off doing these things. And it hurt me that I had to do them in secret. And I, and I think that's what really started to weigh me down because I didn't like lying to people. I didn't like saying, oh, I just, you know, I just went out. I went to a movie when I, yeah, I went to a movie, but I went with three gay friends. You know, I didn't, I didn't say I went to a movie with friends. I just said I went to a movie, you know, and people didn't think, oh, that's weird that you go to a movie by yourself. Because I actually did sometimes go to a movie by myself. Gotcha. But, um, you know, I, I hated the lying. I hated the, the, the omissions. And, it, and again, it did weigh me down. And I just hated, I hated being around my friends so much because I was afraid of the questions they would ask. And I was fearful of the questions they would ask. And so, yeah, it, it affects you mentally. And if your mental uh, capacity is not um, 100% where it needs to be, it can affect your athletic performance. Gotcha. And it did, over a cor- the course of time, it did that. I was very fortunate to have a kind of a great sophomore year swimming-wise. and um, But I think it was just after that, I was really um, trying to find that time because I had friends who said, it's okay to come out. You can come out to your teammates. And they, they were trying to give me guidance on how to do that. And I said, I'd love to be able to do that. But it just, I, like I said, it's just that, that fear of rejection and that fear to be very crippling. It can overtake a lot of the positives in your life. That one little fear can just overwhelm you to the point where you can't think about anything else, but trying to conquer that fear. And when you don't conquer that fear, it makes you feel even worse mentally and physically. And it, and it affected me. I was a fine student. I didn't, you know, flunk out of any of my classes. I got, you know, got my degree in four and a half years. Um, but, you know, that, I think that's a little bit different. You know, I can, I can deal with classes. I didn't, you know, these were people I didn't really know. Uh, you know, my classmates, I could kind of just block them out and just deal with studies. But, when you're in athletics, like I said, you're with these people a lot and you can't just, you know, say that they're just people and I can block them out and just live my life. You can't do that. Um, so I just really wish it had been been possible in my college career to at least have the same viewpoint as I did when I was in high school of just, yeah, this is who I am. Um, but I knew that I couldn't just keep that to myself. It was There was a point where you know, everybody was talking about their personal lives and who they were dating and who they weren't dating, what they were doing outside of swimming. And I couldn't do that. And it, I, I felt bad about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't cry myself to sleep at night about it, but, you know, I just, I felt alone very much. I felt isolated and, um, you know, you, you don't want to feel that way on a college team, whatever sport it is. Now, when you look at other sports, you do see uh, certain sports maybe a little bit more welcoming to it, uh, or maybe not. Uh, when you start thinking about track, um, finger skating, uh, I'm not sure if basketball is completely that welcoming, but the maybe I can possibly see being the NBA a little bit more welcoming to it than versus the NFL. You know, uh, what is your right. take on some of the on some of the sports and how they're tackling this particular topic in comparison to others? Well, you, you, you talk about some of those other sports, especially tennis, of being accepting of, of LGBT athletes. It's because they've had um, openly gay athletes at the highest ranks. And so people can look up to where they want to go, and they can see there's someone like me up there. And so I can do that too. And so the fact that we don't have an openly gay Olympian in swimming I think really hurts a lot of people because they're afraid to even think about going to that next level because if they're outed or if they're already openly gay, will they be accepted if they make, let's say, even just the world championship team, which is a step below making the Olympic team? You know, and, and in this day and age, I, I have no doubt 
that an openly gay Olympian would be welcome. An openly gay coach would be welcome. But there's just that that one little barrier. And I, I really wish I could tell you, Chris, what it would be to get over that barrier. But until that, that, that one person speaks out and says, you know, my name is Jeff and I'm an Olympian and I'm also gay, it's going to be very hard for this sport to really progress beyond, you know, a high school swimmer coming out to a swim team and that's great. But, you know, he's not at that level of, you know, maybe in a couple of years he's going to make the Olympic team. We're still waiting for that, that upper level swimmer to, to, to be okay with coming out and, and saying, I could do this and I could be that voice and that, that face for that, that kid who, who wants to swim at this level but is afraid to. So, you know, that's why, that's why it's been more acceptable in track and tennis and those other sports and why maybe it's becoming a little bit more accepted in basketball because there, there has been openly gay basketball players, professional basketball players. And, of course, with Michael Sam coming out and, and um, for a very brief time being um, drafted into the NFL, I think that's helped um, the NFL in a way. Um, and even though there are things in place inside USA Swimming that prevents discrimination based on your sexual orientation, um, and there are, there are things in place in USA Swimming that even provides blueprints for coaches and other athletes to talk to their friends about wanting to come out and things like that, it's still just that there's that voice and that face that's needed. And I'm not going to be the one to push that person into the spotlight. I don't think anybody should be pushed into that spotlight, but it, it needs to happen. And, that, and, and like I said, we've had an, we've had an African-American win an, an Olympic gold medal in 2016. And now that that's happened, um, you know, there have been a, there's been an uptick in um, participation for African-Americans in swimming. And there's been an, a more motivation for, for African-American swimmers to say, now I know it's possible. You know, there have been, there have been in the past 10 years, um, actually in every Olympics since 2008, since 2008, there's been at least one African-American swimmer on the Olympic team. And so there, there, there's acknowledgement that that can happen. And I'm so glad that that's happened because, I, like I said, I've been part of that journey. I've, I've created those steps toward that journey, and I've been blessed to be a part of it. And to see that happen has been great. But I'm also looking at myself as a gay swimmer and thinking, I've, I hope that I've started that journey, even though I was closeted at the time, of, of someone to say, yeah, Jeff was really good as a closet swimmer. Think what he could be as a, if he were openly gay. I don't want to have that same effect on myself. And so I'm going to come out to my family. I'm going to come out to my teammates. And then I'm going to work really hard to be that first up in the gay LFB. You know, when I, when I began to you know, listen to what you, your story, number one, I started saying to myself, well, wait a minute. Let me just throw in a curveball in here and just say, if I am, you know, I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure there is that one particular uh, college athlete right now who's probably is just more happy to consider to be considered to be probably one of the top Latinos <laughs> and uh, whatever yep. sport that he or she may be in. But they kind of say, well, I'm gay. So what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just me and I'm not necessarily uh, have to tell the world about it. I'm just who I am. And that's just it. And they kind of raise the flag of more of their country higher than they actually raise the, the LGBT portion within their, their mindset and their life. In comparison to where you say, you know, I'm a black athlete, that's great and all, but I just want to be the best who I am. And the LGBT portion was something that you kind of had to put aside because also the community wasn't necessarily, um, it didn't always invite it. It didn't necessarily invite it. What would, you, what would you say now? Like if you were to actually be swimming now, which one would be, or both would be uh, one of the things that you would kind of say, you know what, this would I, and this would I really want more to my environment to really foster to a welcoming LGBT environment and a welcoming black LGBT environment or just LGBT or just African-American in general. I think you could be all things at once. I don't think that there is one that has to have a priority over the other because they're all equally parts of who you are. They're parts of who I am. And I, I, I pushed one part of my side down for many years. And it was all the years of pushing that down 
affected my performance. It affected my social life. It affected my personal life in many ways. And if I had just been able to say, look, I'm a swimmer, I'm black, I'm gay, I'm a breaststroker, which in swimming, being a breaststroker is already, you're, you're one of the weirder people. Breaststroke <laughs> is not one of the, the common strokes that people do. So, you know, if you could live your life as all the things that you are, you don't have to say, well, I'll just worry about being gay later because that's going to affect your life. It's going to affect your personal life. And you're going to feel like you have nothing. You can't identify with yourself outside the pool. And so you put everything you have in your swimming and then you start to be, you know, you start to become a, a different person. You're, you're, you don't feel comfortable with yourself outside the pool. And so you start to train so much that you, you know, you come to the pool all the time. You want to work harder, work more. You don't want to leave the pool and you start to overtrain and you start to break down your body and you're not going to be the swimmer you want to be. And you don't have fun. And I think that was a big part of what, what happened with me is because I didn't, I was I accepted who I was internally, but if I didn't accept who I was and, and just show who I was externally, I could have fun with the sport. I was having a lot of fun with the sport when I was in high school. I, I kind of enjoyed going to swim practice. I loved going to swim meets because I'm very competitive and I love the competition. But it started to become a grind a little bit in college because it was like, Oh gosh, what if today's the day that somebody tries to out me, or something like that? Gotcha. And if I, and if there's that if there's that swimmer who says, "I'm Latino, I'm also a lesbian, I am, I'm on the cusp of making the national team," and if it happens to come out that I'm gay, well, I can deny it or I can push it aside. You can't push it aside, and in the 21st century, you shouldn't push it aside. You shouldn't try to be three-fourths of a person just because you're afraid of what that what people are going to think of that one-fourth that you're pushing down gotcha. and again that's what that's what hurt me a lot in my life not just in swimming it hurt me in my life because i just in certain aspects i didn't you know i was afraid to tell black people that i met that i was a swimmer because i knew they'd look at me weird like what you look like you'd be a football player gotcha. and you know most of the time i that was what i encountered when i walked around campus if i wasn't wearing my texas swimming shirt um, you know, people would look at me as like, you know, what, what position do you play in basketball or football? They just assumed yeah. that I played those sports. And it was like I was a swimmer, and they looked at me funny. And, you know, but I wore my Texas swimming shirt and still do with a lot of great pride. And I think it does throw a few people off. They're looking at a black person who's a swimmer. Like, huh. But I, just to reinforce it, you could be all things at once. And I think that's what, you know, that's why a lot of a lot of these celebrated LGBT athletes like Gus Kenworthy, Adam Riffon, I mean, they're they're celebrated in not just in the LGBT community, but in life because they are they are who they are. It's a yes, they're kind of being talked about as the LGBT Olympians, but they're also but that's one thing. They're Olympians, they're LGBT, they're skaters, they're skiers, they're a lot of things at once. Adam Adam and Gus could have gone to the Olympics and just said, I'm a skier, I'm a skater, and leave it at that. But I don't think they would have been as happy. They wouldn't have had as fun. They wouldn't have achieved what they achieved because they would have just had to hide this part from the media, from their coaches, their teammates, and that's no fun. So it's possible, Chris. It's possible for somebody to be out there and be everything they think they are at once and still excel in this sport. Now, after you were done with the Olympic trials and you retired in 1998. Was that the time when everything, that pressure of being out, it was gone with that. You chose that particular time to come out. Is that the reason why? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was done with swimming. And so I, you know, I moved up to, I was living in Colorado Springs at the time and I was living at the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs, which is a, it's like living in an aquarium um, because you're, Um, all you do is eat, sleep, train and that's all you do and and sometimes they have tour groups that come in and they watch you train so they can see you train and it was a very small environment there were only three or four of us at the time there were three or four swimmers at the time so it was a much closer family and I was so even more afraid of coming out to them because the odds of one person not liking me were a lot higher and a lot more crippling if that one person didn't like me, and especially if it was my coach. And I didn't really know a lot about my coach. I knew a lot. I knew that two of my teammates would be totally fine with it, but again, with that one person, 
And that one person happened to be my roommate. And I didn't want that one person to say, I can't be in a, uh, an apartment suite with Jeff because what's he going to do? Is he going to bring somebody home? Is he going to come on to me? What's, what's going to happen? And I was just afraid of all that. And it really, and again, it affected me. And when I didn't have the performances that I, that I wanted to, I just kind of looked at myself and said, maybe my swimming career is over. And so I packed it up and I moved to Denver, a little far further north of, of Colorado Springs. And a weight was lifted off. I just was able to just not have the the pressures of, of being a professional swimmer on me. I got to live my life. I had a job. I got to just do whatever I wanted. I went to gay bars every weekend, not to for hookups, but just to kind of just be in the community. I wanted to just see more what being in the community was. And I loved it so much that, you know, I I was out to my coworkers, um, and none of them cared. Even you know, even the ones I kind of felt like if they don't care, they don't care, or if they don't like it, they don't like it. I didn't care. You know, I I, I was like, you know, it's time to be accepting of who I am and love who I am and not care what other people think because this is who I am and and your opinion is not going to change who I am internally and and within just in the fibers of my being. And I, you know, I knew at the time that I said, why didn't I feel this way when I was swimming? Because I felt so happier. I was so proud of myself for just being able to go to work and say, this is who I am. Yep, I, I broke up with that guy, you know, who I was seeing for a few months. It was great to talk about it. And then when I found Master Swimming, um, I actually um, found it through um, a gay swim team in Denver. Oh, wow. I went to my I went to my first Pride Parade in 1999, and it was the best thing ever. I mean, just being surrounded by so many gay people of so many walks of life, and just thinking, you know, I kept thinking, my gosh, that person's probably a third grade teacher. He's walking around um, <laughs> in drag, right? And I just thought that's the best thing in the world to be able to be open and free and and love who you are. And so there was, there were in a park and, and there were these uh, booths and I was walking around looking at the different things and there was a booth advertising a gay swim team and, and it just blew my mind. And, and, and so I talked with the people and, you know, I didn't say who I was or where I, my experience wasn't swimming. They just said, can you swim a lake to the pool? And I just said, yeah, I can swim a lake to the pool. And uh, I joined the team and it was 30 gay men and women all in this one pool and nobody no, I, I didn't have to. I didn't have to say I'm gay, and it, it wasn't a call. It wasn't a prerequisite. I mean, I, I, they accepted straight people, but you know, I just felt, wow, what would this be like? Being on a swim team of all gay men and women. And my first day, you know, I got into the pool and you know, I swam, and you know, I was a little bit out of shape. I hadn't really swum in a while, but you know, I was the fastest on the team right away, and everybody was impressed. And uh, but the most impressive thing, you know, they always ask the new members about who we are, where, you know, what our jobs are, where we grew up and everything. The last question is, is um, married or single? And I said, single. And everybody, woo! <laughs> and I just felt like, gosh, you know, on my swim team, on my swim team in college, you could have never, what would, nobody ask that question. Right. And, you know, everybody just felt great. And we went out to eat afterwards. And it was, it you know, a, a, the cloud was gone, Chris. It was gone. I just had so much fun in the sport again. I was smiling. I was, I couldn't wait to go back and join my friends and swimming. I was still, I, I was and still am the type of person who doesn't like to just go and just swim and train, but I know that I need to do it if I want to be the best competitive swimmer I want to be. Right. But, you know, ever since then, I have always been out and I've never look back. I've never been afraid to tell somebody that, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I've, I'm a, I'm a gay swimmer. I'm married. I have a husband who also swims and, you know, and I, and we talk about, everybody knows that and nobody's, nobody's afraid of that. Nobody's, you know, nobody walks away from me. They turn the other way because, Oh, here comes that gay swimmer. Yeah. And I, I, but the biggest thing is I'm happier and I have more fun and the results of my swimming show that, I mean, I'm swimming, almost as fast as I did in college, which is not really something that you do in your forties. Wow. And I think it's just because I have fun and I, I am, I, I, I am every aspect of who I am is out there and I'm not afraid to just show that. And I don't prance around in high heels or in track or anything like right. that. I don't sing show tunes on the swim deck, on the pool deck. But I mean, I'm not, if, if, if I feel like belting out a show tune, I'll do it. 
I mean, it's just fine. I mean, okay, I'll do it. I'm not going to be afraid of, oh, that guy doesn't like guys and dolls. Okay, well, I'll sing another one then. You know, that's just, it's okay. And, and it goes back to what I said before. You can be all things at once in this sport. You can't be afraid to push one thing aside. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm living proof of that. And I, and I, I know I look back often and say, gosh, I really wish I had been able to be this person when I was in my early twenties, but you, there are no take backs in this, in this life. And you just use what you have now. I mean, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. I'm happily married. I have a, uh, I own, I, I'm my own boss. I run my own company with my husband and, and I'm a great swimmer and I have a lot of fun with what I do. And I wake up in the morning with a great outlook to my life because I know I can go out there in, in the community and not be afraid to show all aspects of my life. Right. And I, I, I can't, ex, I can't express that enough of how, how liberating that is to be able to do that. Now, if I were in my forties, 20 years ago in this sport, probably wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. And so I'm glad I'm able to be in a time where, um, it's totally accepted and nobody, nobody bats an eye at it. And, um, and I just really hope that, you know, the younger swimmers who have read my book, some of them have said, you know, you've given me the, you, I, I see a lot of myself in you and I don't want to end up being that person. And, and, you know, they've told me later that they've come out to their family and they're, they're really happy about it and they, they lead very productive lives. But of course they've done it after they've done their swimming career. And I've talked to them and I said, you know, if, um, you know, why didn't you come out? Is for the exact same reason. I was afraid of rejection, and um, and and you know, and this is why a lot of there's a high suicide rate among the LGBT community because people don't feel that there's that support, or even that there's that fear of being rejected by that one person. It's so crippling that you can't find a way out um, other than the wrong way. And I don't like hearing that. And you know, as I don't know what I could do personally. I mean, I've, I've counseled a couple of, of young swimmers about it. And I've told them, I said, you, you, you've got to just wake up in the morning and be happy with who you are first. And then whatever anybody else says, you can, you can just bounce it off you because, you know, you're still happy with yourself. And you can, you can adjust your life to, to get the negativity out of your life and just live positively. Is there anyone better that would be able to kind of help push that that aspect of being true to yourself and to be able to come out because I'm noticing most of the athletes who do uh, come out, most of them um, definitely come out in retirement. Uh, a lot of the young, I think the younger generation is a lot more accepting, but I think there's a certain generation that says, ah, not now, <laughs> just not now. And, and what, yeah. and there's certain sports that are, a little bit more welcoming to it than others. I still think NFL has a bit of a ways to go. I still think that hockey has a ways to go. It's considered to be a man's sport. You know, it's going to be like a, a quote-unquote yeah. male, male-dominated sport. And so a lot of people, you know, may necessarily not necessarily see that, uh, that, that, that welcome mat as some sports do. So is there, especially right. for swimming – being the fact that you you wrote a book with all the accomplishments, you're 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 author, you're you've actually contributed to several newspapers and within the swimming industry and articles, etc. Is that something that you probably should say to yourself? Maybe you know what? Maybe I should take this on a little bit more actively within universities and doing more speeches, etc. Or not? Oh, I'd love to be able to do something like that. That was one of the reasons I wrote the book is to to lend my voice and say, there is somebody out there who's lived, who has lived this life and look at the outcome I've had, positive and negatives of it. And, you know, like I've said, people have come to me and, and written to me and, and all that and said, I've seen some of myself in you. And, um, I, you know, some of the outcomes that you've had in your life are the outcomes I've had in my life. And, and I'm glad to know that there is a way out, um, that there is, there is a happy end to or at least a happy chapter coming up. Um, and then there are some people who said, you know, I don't want to, to have the outcome that you had. I don't want to go through my college career afraid to be around my teammates or have, or push being a gay, being a gay swimmer down because I, you know, look what happened to you. And I don't want that same thing to happen to you because I fear it's happening. And I would love to have that. And I've, I have spoken to a few groups when the book first came out 
And, um, and like I said, I've counseled some, some swimmers privately, but none of them have been to that level of getting to the top of, of the swimming community at the Olympian level or the national team level yet. Because as, as I said, that's really the person who's going to really drive this forward. Right. I can say, yeah, I was on the national team, but I was closeted. Yeah. And so my, my acts weren't really what I would say or what everybody should do. I got lucky. I mean, I was still able to do some great things in the sport while being closeted. And I think that's a, a lot of the, the talent and the hard work that I put in um, just paid off. And I was, like I said, extremely lucky. But a lot of people aren't that lucky. And I've, I've heard that and I've seen that. Um, I, I know that there's, there's got to be some closeted gay swimmers that are on the national team. The, the statistics just show that there has to be. Um, but nobody's really ready to, to stand out there and say, I'm a lesbian. I'm a gay man, and yeah, I'm on the national team, or I'm making the Olympic team. You know, the closest we ever got was a swimmer named Tom Lutzinger, and um, after he made the world championship team a couple years later, um, after he didn't make the Olympic team, um, he came out as gay, and he was still uh, a top-level swimmer, and I got to talk to him before and after he came out, and I saw him, much happier person, much much more joyful, enjoyed the sport more. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to make the Olympic team, which would have been a huge deal and would have been very exciting. Um, but that was as high as we got. You know, somebody who um, got to the level of being able to say, look, it's possible. Um, I think probably the responsibility that was laid on him as a gay athlete once he openly came out, I think that may have um, weighed him down just a little bit, okay. um, but not. I think it was just also just you know he he just wasn't able to be fast enough to make the Olympic team. And we we just look at it just plain and simple. He, it wasn't because he was a gay swimmer and you know the, he he was nervous about being an openly gay Olympian. I just think plain and simple he just wasn't fast enough to make the Olympic team. Gotcha. So I, I there it's it's so possible. I can't, I, I don't want to name names. I know that they're, you know, I look at some people and I say, okay, you've got to be a lesbian or you've got to be a gay man. You know, yeah. but, you know just, I want to just come up, go up to them and say, it's okay. You know, or do you want to just talk? But I don't want, I don't want to be wrong, first yeah. of all. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I don't want to push that person to say, well, maybe I should. And it, maybe it's not time for them. Maybe they're not ready. Right. Um, it's got to be something that they're ready to do. As much as I, much as I can stand on a soapbox and say we need our first openly gay Olympian and we need it to be on the 2020 Olympic team, as much as I could say that, I, I don't want to be the one that pushes somebody out of the closet before they're ready. Right. Um, if, if it if it happens to be 2024, that's fine. Um, you know, it took it took a it took many years for us to get an African American on the Olympic team. But it finally happened, and now it's happening in every Olympics now. So you know, once we get an openly gay Olympian on on the U.S. swim team, I think it'll happen all the time. And I think more people will start to come out. Like, okay, this she came out finally. Okay, I know there's somebody else like me, and we're gonna I'll I'll do it too. And I bet you there there are a lot of people that are closeted, and they probably all know each other. They probably walk around deck saying. I know we're gay. We'll just keep it between us. Right. I, I hope that they're, they're, they're also talking about, I don't think this is good for us, just as individuals or as for the swimming community, for us to not have this side of us be out there because they're, they are role models. I mean, they're at the top of the swimming community right now, being on the national team. And they have people looking up to them, whether they're you know gay, straight, or young, young swimmers, they're looking up to them and saying, I want to be like them, but, you know, Maybe okay, their closet. Maybe that's what I have to be. You know, you know, I, I kind of look at, you know, the, your, what I hear in your voice now. I'm kind of thinking, well, it, it kind of sounds like there should be another book coming out. <laughs> 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 Do you ever think about uh, putting out another book? Oh yes, people ask me all the time about a sequel to my book, and I, I just need to live more of my life. You know, there's I did leave the, the the book, the ending of the book, open to a sequel. I mean, it was. Uh, the ending of the book was a year before I got married. And so I'm sure a lot of people want to read about, you know, what, what it's like to be married, what, it, what it's like to not just be, 
quote unquote married at a time when it wasn't legal um, nationwide, but you know what it was like to actually feel like I could walk around and, and walk into a government office and say, "Yes, my spouse, who has a male name, he's male," um, and and just what it's like to be able to be on a pool deck and 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 um, be a gay man and just to to do all the things that I'm doing now, um, doing all the broadcast stuff I'm doing now. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on camera and I see myself on camera and I have my wedding ring on. And I think people probably don't know that, okay, they see I'm married, but they don't know it's to a man. Or maybe they do and they're like, okay, good for him. Jeff is, is really showing us what, it, what you could do. You know, there are, there are no barriers in this sport to uh, whether you're in the pool or out of it to be able to give back to the sport as a gay man and, and be happy and proud about it. And yeah, there's a lot of stories I want to tell about what's happened to me since the book came out. Um, I just want to live more of it. I mean, right now, you know, I, I've got some of those things in my head. Like, yeah, it'd be great to talk about this and this and this and this. Uh, I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, but um, yeah, if I, if I, um, if I think it's the time, then yeah, Odd Man Out Volume Two will be out on bookshelves when it's time. <laughs> Well, one thing's for sure. I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed your story. I really enjoyed, you know, seeing, you know, how, how the life progressed and how some of the things of just not necessarily being completely true to yourself can actually affect your athleticism, your mind. It really can actually uh, do things, and also how you can also turn it around. So I really appreciate the story, and the book is still out. The book you can still be able to get this from Amazon, correct? Yes, absolutely. It's going to be, I'm never going to take it out of print because I, I still see that uh, people are buying it and that just makes me really happy. I don't know what has um, driven them to get the book now, but whatever it is, I'm, I want to continue to make it available to anybody who wants it. So yeah, it's always on Amazon, on Kindle. Um, yeah, please, everybody go get it. Awesome, awesome. And again, the, the book is Odd Man Out, True Stories of a Gay Black Swimmer. Thank you so much, Jeff Comings. Again, you know, this is my first time with an athlete, you know, coming on the show. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the sports and the industry and all those good things. You definitely fulfilled that. So I appreciate everything and your time also coming on the show. And again, I'll make sure all the information of Jeff Comings, where you can follow him, watch him, get his articles, whatever the case may be, that will be on the podcast info, uh, along with also the, uh, the information regarding the actual podcast. Thank you again, Jeff. And this is Chris from Mother Speed Podcast signing off. Have a wonderful day.